podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today is Tuesday the 3rd of March 2020. My name's Patrick Smith. Uh, two games at home for the Belfast Giants. Three points, a win and a loss in overtime. But um, a little bit of a better return than what we're used to the last number of weeks. Maybe maybe a little bit of a... A bit of a turnaround. Well, we'll see when we get to that. Um, a lot to cover on this week's show. Uh, as I say, we'll be chatting about those games in Guildford. We might be joined by Mr. Colin Shields. We have interviews with Adam Keefe and Mark Garside. We'll have a chat about the Player of the Month. And we look around the league and we have another special guest in to preview this weekend's only game against the Fife Flyers. But I'll start where I normally start. Mr. McJimsey, how are you? Not bad, Paddy. It's now my second favourite month of the year, as you know, and uh, you know, looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, Mr. Kitchen, fresh off a trip to uh, to London at the weekend. How are you? You feeling fresh? Yeah, I'm feeling a wee bit better today, mate. Is, uh, yesterday I was in bed uh, last night for 8 o'clock and I slept right through until <laughs> 8 o'clock this morning. So um, uh, thanks to... Uh, a few of the boys for um, keeping me company in that trip. Taff and Bobby Farnham, uh, Big Matt Pellich, um, Hookie Longer, and Curtis Hamilton. Um, but yeah, a really good trip. Uh, six top lads. Really enjoyed it. Six top lads who uh, no, nobody was happy with the football results? Um, well, I've got a couple of videos of Longer. When we go back to Hotel Longer's crown and his uh, Aston Villa flag. Um, obviously we, you know the Spurs didn't get the the result and to be honest didn't deserve the result Um, you know we're okay going forward but defence was just horrendous Um, you know it's it's uh, it was certainly a a pain in the box for the trip itself but the the stadium again it's the second time I've been in it's just unbelievable so um, yeah really good Toff's first trip obviously very very seldom Toff gets a um, a Sunday off or a, a yeah. possibility of a trip like that mid-season, you know, and the same as the boys as well. So, um, you know, they taught myself and Hoogie went to the Spurs match um, and then the other boys went to um, uh, Wembley for Aston Villa and, and Longer was teaching them some Villa songs and um, Bobby and, and Pellich were trying to do the Birmingham accent, which was just absolutely hilarious. Like. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a great trip had by all. You think it's bad following Spurs? Try being a Liverpool fan these last two weeks, mate. These last two uh, weeks have been terrible. I uh, well, sure. I mean, you used to thirty years, like you know, so um, <laughs> before that. But no, I wouldn't be worried too much about your <laughs> your uh, league league challenge. I mean, in all fairness, I watched the highlights back from the Watford match, and to be honest, you were lucky we getting out with three 0 yeah, Well, try what I'm, I'm keeping half an eye on this game against Chelsea, and I'm going to switch it off in a minute. Anyway, right, let's have a look at the Belfast Giants. This is a hockey podcast, after all, and it was two games at home. First, two games of seven. In a row at home for the Belfast Giants. Uh, Guildford in town for the final time this season. And, uh, well, a win and an overtime loss. As I said, let's 
I'll give you the statistics from both games and then we'll work our way through the games. The first game was on Friday night, a 7-3 victory for the Belfast Giants. Giants goals coming from Goodwin on the power play, Farnham on the power play, Liam Morgan on the power play. How much have we been talking about a lack of power play goals and there's three of them. Jordan Smotherman, Elgin Pierce, Morgan with a second and Ryan Lowney with just under three minutes to go made it the seventh goal for the Giants. With regards to Guildford, the goals came from Crooks, Davies, and Lindhagen in goal for the Belfast Giants was Stephen Murphy on Friday night's 25 saves. And at the other side, Travis Fullerton started the game, 25 saves, five goals against. He lasted 40 minutes in the final 20 minutes. Wooden Peters came in, 13 shots against, two goals against. And the other side, on to Saturday. And I'm all pretty much a different affair. We've talked about how the Giants often have a difficult second game of the weekend and so it proved uh, the scoring was opened by the Guildford Flames Ben Davies and he doubled that sorry the Jamie Crooks doubled that on 21 minutes and then Jamie Crooks trebled that to make it 3-0 on 27-31 before Curtis Hamilton fired back on 29-04 to make it 3-1 but then Ian Waters on the power play made it 4-1 uh, at the end of the second period into the third period and the Giants started to come roaring back. Jordan Smotherman of 47.05, Patrick Mullen of 49.39 and then with 49 seconds left in the game and Ian Waters serving a two-minute penalty, the Giants scored on the power play with the goalkeeper pulled to make it 4-4 and the SSE Arena was alive. Unfortunately <laughs> though, Two minutes and 11 seconds in the overtime, John Bar- John Dunbar made it 5-4 to the Guildford Flames. Goalkeeping, uh, Shane Owen in that 18 shots against five goals. And also, Wooden Peters, 37 shots against four goals. And your referees that night were Pavel Hallis and Stefan Hogarth. Um I'll start with you, Davey. Looking at that Friday game, a 7-3 win for the Giants. Exactly the sort of start, exactly the sort of result that the Giants wanted to get away with to, to open this weekend against the Flames. Yeah, there, there was a lot about this game that I liked. There was a there was maybe a 10-minute period where we maybe got away from it a little bit. But you know, I thought we opened up well through that first period. Two pretty well-matched teams, you know, you know what they're going to come with every time they come here. They've got speed. You don't want to be giving them too many penalties, which will manage to do sort of better on the on the on the Friday night. Certainly, um, fairly even. I think we carried the play. I was saying the Simon earlier. I think we carried the play well in the first period, and, and probably should have came away with more. Albeit they had one one really lovely chance with a great save, glove save from Murph. Um, Second period, then we'll go in and, and, you know, I think we were pretty dominant in that second period from, you know, the terms, I think, what, about 25 shots on. We, we got the five goals, the three power play goals, all from in and around the blue paint, all from getting in front of Fullerton's eye, taking his eyes away, getting shots. You know, Smo has had a really delightful finish from the feed from, from Ward. I think maybe going into the, into the third period, we maybe just took the foot off the gas ever so slightly. We got a little bit sloppy give up a few odd man rushes they scored you know it put ourselves not under pressure because we had a big enough comfortable enough lead at that stage but it's sort of then that can affect the following night and i think that does to an extent but um you know we'll come up they changed the goalie we'll come up with a couple of goals in that last period to make it a really lopsided score but 
I think um, it was as dominant as we've been probably this calendar year anyway, um, through January and February, getting that a, a real nice, it looks a nice pretty scoreline. Um, it was a nice tidy performance. Say we, we outshot them grandly and, and we got into really good areas. We didn't in the third period get into the same areas as we did in the second, but we didn't really need to. But, you know, as far as Friday night goes, it was a pretty professional performance, albeit, as I say, I think we took maybe 10 minutes off um, before we needed We got that kick up the backside with them scoring with maybe a couple with about 10 minutes to go and, and we got back into gear a little bit. I think that's a good point, isn't it? The fact that the Giants were looking dominant throughout the game, but then when Davies scores and then Lynn Hagen scores soon afterwards, the Giants needed that kick up the backside to go and, and just settle the score. Yeah, I was talking to Davey before we went live there, and um, you know, yeah, they got the first goal again. But in the first period, uh, there was a there was a, a real big chance for them to to, to go ahead one 0 in the first, and mm-hmm. it was Waters at the back door. I'm pretty sure it was Dunbar that opened the play up and seemed to pass right through the middle. And, and to be honest, it was an open cage. He, he sort of, I think it was Lines, and obviously the goalie Murph um, on Friday night. But Waters should have scored. It was a, a stone wall, open net, and he missed it. Um, and he's only, he's probably only eight feet, maybe ten feet out. So that they, they get that goal in the first, they get the start of the goal at the start of the second. It's a completely different game. But we really became alive after they got that goal. That first goal they got in the second, we just woke up. Um, they get in their discipline on Friday night was was. Um, well, it was poor. Uh, there was some of the calls that were getting, you know, you could see Fritterton getting angry and getting frustrated with the defensive, the way the defensive core were playing. Uh, I had learned uh, today that there was a few other guys feeling on Lowell on Friday night. That's one of the reasons that uh, Reddick didn't play on Friday night, and they really missed mm-hmm. him. He's a top, top player. He's a top point scorer. Um, and you've seen what he gave him when he came out on Saturday night. He's, yep. he's a really, really solid player. Uh, plays in all aspects of the game, shorthanded, plays on the power play. You know, he's, he's really good five-on-five five as well. But overall, I thought that, you know, with the way the power play's been going this year and, and you know, they, they get they score the uh, three goals on the power play at the start of the second period. Um, and that was, I think I was then three for four at that point. Uh, they then, as I say, they Guilford weren't giving their, their goaltender any help at all. He, he conceded five goals in uh, just over eight minutes, and and he broke a couple of sticks into the bargain as well. One went off the glass, one he smashed around the post, and, and then he went over to the bench and smashed another one over the bench. So, you know, he was he was certainly a very frustrated figure for Fullerton. And, and to be honest, and I said on the night itself, I didn't think that he could do an awful lot with the goals, to be honest. I thought that... It was more the, the work of the guys in front of him that let him down. But um, he pulled him, uh, Dixon pulled him. And the, the best thing about Paul Dixon, we all know that he can talk and talk and talk, <laughs> but he's so honest. Yep. Every every game you know, that he comes out there, he just tells it exactly the way it is. Uh, very like Adam. Adam does exactly the same thing as well. There's coaches out there talking about a sort of crap, um, <laughs> you know, thinking that, like Jose Mourinho, and you thought it was, we deserved to win on Sunday. Nonsense, we didn't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, Paul Dixon came out and said it exactly the way it was, and you just knew that he was going to get a reaction on Saturday, and that's exactly what happened. David, as we said, you know, Stephen Murphy in goal uh, on Friday night seems to be a move from Adam Keefe to basically give a bit of a rest to Shane Owen and try to even it up. I, I thought Murph played really well. 
Yeah, oh, he's played a, a lot of hockey this season. Um, he, he's done pretty well. He's been one of our best performers, certainly over the season. You only need to look at his stats on the on the Elite League website to see that he's been he's been pretty good this season. Um, hasn't always got the uh, support perhaps in front of him that uh, although we lay down we lay down in front of a lot of shots. So credit where that's due, but um, I think Owen perhaps has suffered from a little inconsistency as well as the rest of the team when he's when he's really on it. He's he's like right up there with the top goaltenders in this league. Stephen Murphy's proven himself, you know, over what 400, 450 games at Belfast Giants. You know what you're going to get with Murph. Um, probably with a little more game time, he would be even sharper. But uh, he came in, he made a couple of big saves when he had to. Um, they got a couple past him on on a few odd man rushes, but he, he came up with a couple of real big saves through the game. And he's a really capable backup. Uh, he's obviously. I'm not retiring him, but I would say he's coming towards the end of his career. You know, it's himself. He's had his testimonial. He's been here, what, 10 or 12 years now, and uh, his numbers don't fade away. He's, he's been he's been stellar for this club, as Neil Coach Russell would say. But, uh, you know, it's, it's great that he's able to be called on there when, when uh, Kiefer needs him. So let's bring this into Saturday's game then, says, and, you know, the game against Manchester the other week, we had to find a way to come back, having been quite heavily behind. We had to do it again, but but especially until that third period, it seemed like a very different Belfast Giants side to the side we'd seen on Friday night. Absolutely. Um, We talk about Reddick coming back into the lineup, uh, and that gave him a big boost, but right from the first whistle, or from first puck drop, sorry, they... They, you knew they were coming to play. Um, the first couple of minutes, they, they were sort of camped in our area. We got a bit of a, a wind, and, and you know we managed to, to push back on it on, on the uh, in the first period. But to be honest with you, I thought they were really good, um, especially for the first forty minutes. We were we looked probably a wee bit leggy. I thought that you know that line of that Reddick line of um, uh, Dunbar, Reddick, and Waters, you know. They're just absolutely solid. Ben Davies had a really good weekend. You know, he, he scored on both nights. Jamie Crooks, I think he had three goals over the weekend. Ferguson gets under your skin. He just gets stuck in there as well. Um, their fourth goal on the power play, was it their fourth one? Yep. Yep. That's probably one of the best power play goals I've seen this season. If you watch it waters. back, it's just, oh, it was, it yeah. was just beautiful. Absolutely brilliant. And again, Reddick uh, involved in build up to that. Absolutely, you know he, he the first time pass he give back. I mean, it came it comes from the left, right through the seam uh, in the slot, right on the Reddick stick. One time play to the Waters and and he tapped it home. It was just brilliant. Um, you know, we did fantastically well in the third period. I know that Adam went in uh, at the start of the third, and and uh, let's just say a few choice words were had. Um, and I, I don't think he missed. And, and uh, sorry, he missed it. Hit the wall. And it looked like that because we came out the third period a completely different team. But the first 40 minutes wasn't good enough. By any stretch of the imagination, was not good enough. Third period, I thought we were excellent. If we played, if we had the the, the uh, stamina to play like that every period that we played this season, the league's over. We had a way to walk this league. But the inconsistency that hmm. 90% of the, the, you know, the, the, our games have, have been... Um, uh, filled with that that's our big problem but the third period I thought we were excellent um, you know Smaller got the goal uh, to get us or get our legs moving a couple of minutes later get Mullen back put it back to 4-3 uh, probably a wee bit of luck with the um, 
the too many men penalty. I think it was sorry, no uh, delay of game because he, he he hit the puck out of the out of the zone out of the air, and Hogarth at first said no, and then the the referees and the linesmen had a, a little bit of a meeting that they said there's we semicircle and the penalty was called and it was the correct decision but to get that power play goal right at the end of the game to push it into overtime I thought you know after, as you've already said Paddy coming back from 4-0 against Manchester and then coming back with us that's two character performances however it was disappointing the way it ended uh, you know the the, uh, the pass coming through there when all three guys are below the, the hash marks is a, is a play that you just can't make. You've got to have coverage uh, back there. Whether it's a forward or whether it's a defenseman back, you've got to have coverage. And a 2 on oh, oh, we can't really do anything about that. That was a nice play by Guilford. Um, and uh, they pick up the extra point and, and uh, get their the two points on the evening. I hear Davey, you had a bit of a, a laugh there when, when Says mentioned the word in, in consistency, which is, I, I understand why, because it is something that's dogged the Belfast Giants all season long. No, I, I had a laugh when Says said about um, if we'd been more consistent, we would have walked this league because uh, the, the guy that's coming on to talk to us and and whatever, five minutes from now, I'd said that to him on uh, whatever it was, Saturday night or Sunday during the game. And as he said to me, if my granddad had he would be my granny, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, one, it's one of those. We just haven't been consistent. Um, it's... We'll come back with, you know, you have both coined, yeah, I think you said the Kiefer after the interview or the post-game interview in Manchester, character win or character comeback. comeback. And Simon yeah. has used the same phrase there, character comeback. And yes, granted, that's a character comeback, but, you Still know, lost. I, you know, you know, you, I analyze things and do the stats and stuff. If you see our second period graph Friday night versus Saturday night, you would say it's a number one team and a number 10 team like there's just nothing in that middle period. We don't get inside. We don't get shots. We don't create offense. We certainly don't score goals. Obviously, you know we, we get the one from um, Lenny, but you know the previous night with five in the second period, we've gotten front. We've, we've we've created that pressure that's made them take penalties. We've scored three in the power play. I think we're blanked on the power play. Perhaps we might make a one power play goal. Aye, but the, the equalizer six on four. Um, you know, with the with the goalie pulled at the end of the game. But apart from that, you know, we didn't create it very much on the power play on the Saturday night. Our power play has been a, a major concern over the course of the season. You know, I think the Elite League put out a tweet today with the, the top five or six power plays. And for the defending champions not to be even in that five or six teams says an awful lot. And I think, I think we're ninth, bottom, I'm, I'm not sure just off the I top of my head, saying, but like, you know, like the top, the sixth team was something like 18%. If, you're, if your power play is not up over 20%, we're actually... If anything, we're punching above our weight points-wise. You know, the losses away to Nottingham, and the losses away to Sheffield, the losses away to Cardiff are the ones that have killed us. The, the the teams that are rivaling for the top of the league, that we haven't scored goals in their barns, that we haven't taken wins, that we've been shut out. That's just been the story of the season. It'll be continuing the story of the season because, you know, we're, we're not in form that we're going to take a run at this. Um, I just don't see us in that... 90, 80, 90 percent form that we need to be in to be even talking about being a possible contender. You know, again, well, we're three points out of four, I guess. You know, unfortunate that when it's gone to three on three, I think it's Liney, as it's Simon's bust down the right wing with a lot of pace. Bobby's gone through the neutral zone with a lot of pace, dropped it off the line and gone back door. Now, Liney gets a wee bit of sauce in that and it goes over the stick. 
it's a beautiful goal. You're talking about it for months to come. Unfortunately, they break the other way. And as we know, three on three, and I think was it Johnny was on commentary with you. You know, you you get a chance and you get a breakdown. Invariably, you're giving an odd man rush the other way, and that's the excitement of three on three. Unfortunately, they get the two on zero, and, and we can't do anything about it. But you know, such Jekyll and Hyde. I think we've had shows called that this season. You know. Mm. Jekyll on high performance from period to period and game to game. And it's, it's a frustrating time to be a giant. So, on the upshot of it, it says when you look back at that weekend from the Belfast Giants and getting three points from four, we talked about, you know, we talked about on our WhatsApp about what they expect from these seven games and from, the, I guess, the, the nine games that, that remain. Uh, is that a good return or are we expecting to take four? Your home games, you're expecting to take four. That that's it. When we, if you look back at the the scores we've had against Guildford this year, I think we're four and two. Yep, I think it's four and two. But you know you've you've two games at the weekend. You're not travelling, as I say, Guildford. I know that I was speaking to Taff earlier today, and and Taff has mentioned a couple of our boys from the GB setup, and and uh, Reddick was sick on Friday. That's why he didn't play. Jesse Craig was sick, but he played. Um, they lost Jordan up on Friday night after about five minutes. Um, I actually didn't notice it until about the second period that he'd gone. Uh, but he uh, said only a couple of shifts on, on the um, on Friday night. Uh, so you know, you, you're, they played with guys down. Uh, TJ Foster was missing as well. Um, but I, I thought that I'd say Friday to Saturday, Davies just touched on it. There, it was two different teams that come up for the chance, um, and it's. It's been over the course of the season. That seems to be a recurrent theme. Five weekends of back-to-back games for the Belfast Giants this year, and we've picked up maximum points. That's just five times that's happened this year. You know, you, you have you've uh, OE who played on on uh, when you look back at the goals that they had. You know, the, the two power play goals. As I say, the second one was was just a, a piece of art. Um, they get a goal right at the start of the second period. Um, you know Dunbar and Ferguson then set up the third for Crooks, uh, and and they, they we keep on talking about the chance being bad, but Guildford were really good in the first forty minutes. In the last three weekends, they beat Belfast, Sheffield, and Cardiff. Yep, they're a good team. You know, if you look throughout the lineup, I and mean, if you see the easiest way to look at it, every we all the Belfast Giants fans in the last year. All we want to keep on talking about is last season. You think about the happy times when you're not playing so well. That's what you do. You know, and by all, look, by all means, certainly look back at last season and fondness. It's a completely different lineup because we were so successful last Correct. year. You know, and that, yes, it, it certainly doesn't take away any, you know, you, you feel off and you just want to win as a fan, as a, as I, I know I'm a very lucky position. We're all, and you know, get the chat to the boys, and and I get to do it every weekend on Belfast Giants TV. But see, as the season goes on and we're not winning, I get off too. Mm. You know, and and you know, sitting touch up with the boys on Saturday, Sunday night. Believe you me, they are hurting. We had a really big conversation. Taff and I sat in um, in one of the bars on Saturday night, Sunday night, sorry, with Bobby and Pelly, and you get you can hear. How much passion they have for the game? You can hear, you know, that they're not happy with with the performances of the weekend, you know, and and 
by all means, you just want to turn around and say, well, you know, why don't you just get your finger out and, and this friend <laughs> gets the five flowers, you know, come he out says, and just rip, rip them apart. Says, let me let me jump in there on that. That's a very, very fair point you're making. What, what is causing this inconsistency? And I know that we've had, maybe, you know who was a big miss? Goody was a big miss on very Saturday big night. Miss. Yep. Very big um, miss. You know he's been he's been excellent. He's a, he's a bit of glue in there. He's he's a guy that makes players around him a wee bit better. But you know you can't. It's it's not the all down. Very very good roster and a, a pretty deep roster. You know that I think we said either in last week's show or the week before. You know these are all good players that on showed up. Okay, Guilford Flames were a bit weakened on Friday night and we put them to the sword. But it was a different performance level from the Belfast Giants. It was a consistency of. You know, I I don't like to put desire or anything like that into the mix, but you know, we didn't skate as hard on Saturday. You were there, Simon. You'd be better placed to to say whether you believe that to be. No, we didn't. And I mean, it's evident. (laughs) They went 3 0 up. It's absolutely evident. We are performance on Saturday night. And and again, we're having a go at our performance being bad on Saturday night, but Guilford was really good. Really good. Their first 30 minutes was absolutely excellent. We need to be better. We need to get our feet moving. I mean, Johnny said on on Jan's TV on numerous occasions that we did not get our feet moving. And when we got our feet moving in the third, they couldn't skip with us. Yeah. We are, we are, I know what you say, you know, you sometimes you tip your cap to the opponents and all. We are a better team than the Guilford Flames. Statistically, historically, I know you can't be historically and say because it's happening in the now. But even this season, we are a better team. We're higher in the standings than them. You know, give them credit where it's due. You know, they've got five or six really top players. We've got 10 plus really, really good players. You know, we should be beating the Guilford Flames twice at home. Yeah. We shouldn't be struggling to a comeback overtime loss. And especially when you put them away seven the night before. It just, it, uh, you know, fuck, why is the question? <laughs> Go ahead. has got the plate machine. <laughs> Right, you mentioned his name earlier on. We're going to get a, let's get his opinion. It's nearly a year since he announced his retirement from the professional game. Uh, it's absolute delight to have him back on a view from the bridge. It's number nineteen, not the number nineteen for your Belfast Giants. It's Colin Shields. Yeah, things are going well. Um, just enjoying retirement so far, and uh, enjoying watching some hockey and golfing lots, and working a little bit as well. Are you getting time to watch much hockey? Yeah, I've been to a few of the games. at the game on Friday there against Guilford, the home win there. So um, caught that and then sometimes catch some of the webcasts. But I can't make it, but watching a lot of NHL games right now, especially with the playoffs coming up. So Absolutely. So, let, but, um, yeah. so let's get your take then on, on the weekend against the against the Guilford Flames. Two very different performances. Uh, you were at the game, you say, on Friday. Uh, good to see the chance score quite a few goals for a change. Yeah, it did. It seems like things were clicking there, and especially after uh, going down early and uh, you know getting one or two back right away, and seemed to kind of get uh, get on a roll. And seems to be a confidence-based team, and once you get a little confidence and things start clicking, it just seems to roll. But uh, um, seems obviously the opposite when it goes the other way. Um, maybe get down by one or two early. It seems to maybe you know squeeze the sticks a little bit too hard. But a good comeback on Saturday. I saw just sort of the end of it. 
um, the tying goal and then obviously the overtime. But uh, but yeah, it was an exciting game on Friday and good crowd and good atmosphere. When when you're on a roll like that in a game like that, when the goals are starting to rack up, and we saw that Guildford got a couple back, do you start to, to worry, or is that is that a confidence booster to Guildford, when, especially in a double header? Um, I guess maybe some of the games this year that things haven't gone well, but uh, I thought Giants were in pretty good control of the game. But you know, Guildford's a pretty uh, offensive team with some top end talent there, so you know some of those guys can really. Really put the puck in the net. So, but uh, I don't think so. I thought the Giants were in good control of the game, and the crowd was into it. And Murph was playing pretty well. You couldn't really fault him on any of the goals. So, I thought the Giants had it under control. Colin, we were talking, and when we were talking about the games, about the, the consistency and the inconsistency of the of the Giants this season. Simon was saying, you know, he's out with a few of the boys at the weekend, and they were talking about the frustrations they've had. What what? What causes that from a team to be like sort of dominant at times on the Friday night to go on straight into the Saturday night and, and being pretty poor from the get-go? Um, obviously being uh, not part of the team or, or you know around the team much this year, it's, it's hard for me to say to put a finger on it, but um, I think you know, looking at it, probably scoring goals on a consistent basis is probably one of the, the Achilles heels of the team this year. And you know, if you're struggling to score goals, I think you know, as you can see on the weekend or other weekends, you're going to be, some nights they're going to go in and sometimes they're not. And, and when they're not, you're really going to struggle to win if you're only scoring one, two games max, two goals max a game. And, and you, know, you know, in the back of your mind, if you give up, you know, two or three, you're like, flip, we're going to have to score four or five to win here. And if you're not scoring anywhere close to that very often, it's going to be tough. So um, it is hard to say, but I think it's a confidence thing. And um, I think, you know, once you get a few games like that in your head where, as I said, you think we're going to score four or five here, we're not going to win, and we can barely score two or three, it's going to be tough. So uh, it seems to be the story of the season is winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. But, uh, you know, it's been pretty tight this year. I thought, um, you know, a few more wins here or there could have completely changed the season. And, you know, we're talking about it a little bit differently. Shadzi, missing it? Um, no, to be honest, I'd, it was the right time for me, and we've talked about this a lot, you and I, and Dave and I, and, and some other guys, and we played hockey for such a long time, and lots of great memories and great experiences, and accomplished everything I could at the levels that I played at, and uh, was very content stepping away from the game, and, um, you know, it was time for me to focus on my family and other aspects of life, and my parents and, and my wife gave so much of their time, you know, to, for my career, and it was for me kind of focus on them a little bit and uh, spend some more time sort of enjoying uh, some things away from the game. And obviously now you've you've uh, changed your uh, your sporting time <laughs> uh, to golf um, <laughs> and you're having to spend a lot of time with John Small. Is he coming up with any stories? If anyone can spend any time with him. No, John's amazing. If anyone that's met him at the game, he's so passionate. We, uh, David uh, Graham, a friend of mine, is also my golf uh, coach instructor, and we go to the games quite a lot together. And uh, we sat with John a couple of times. We usually meet him in the cool, so a beer before the game. Uh, and uh, we sat with, in, you know, and uh, John seats there a couple of times. And we had to move. He was so intense. He punched us in the ribs from the Giants score. And uh, he's just so passionate about hockey, and he loves the team, and he's always so positive. Uh, you know, his outlook on, on everything. So, I mean, for his age, just to be trucking around like he is, it's very impressive. And if you check out the TPF Instagram, 
also he's always on there. I video me hate you, man, but always on there chucking weights and medicine balls around too. TPF, what's that all about? What's that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No comment. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Davey's been um, there a couple of times. Davey's had a few workouts. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you can tell I'm pretty pretty hench, you know. So pretty lean. Uh, hey, what? How's, how's that working? How's that working out for you anyway? She has the, the, the gym, you know, stepping away from the hockey and being a part time golfer, part time gym owner. Is it <sighs> does it does it still <laughs> I, I know Simon I know you've said to Simon you did all the sort of yeah, I had my time and I was very successful at the game and I, you know, I, t- I chose the right time to, to step away. But like even watching you play in the testimonial, you know, you could still skate if you wanted to. And uh, I don't know about that. Still, you, you were still smiling. You, you, know you were still still smiling when you were out there on the ice. It must like I ask you this all the time, and you always give the same answer. But I just don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think. I mean, obviously with the gym, like there was a lot. Of, I started the gym probably a lot sooner than I expected to. Um, it was sort of maybe an afterthought or something I was thinking about starting when I retired but um, when I was training athletes and, and, and clients in the summer it just sort of snowballed and um, you know the last three four five years it um, got to the point where I had to open my own place and uh, it was a lot last I've talked about this a few times it was a lot the last three four years to work in two jobs and basically playing hockey full time and working you, you know, you're talking working. Uh, you can say hockey's only oh, you only practicing two, three hours a day, but you're still training, you're still traveling to and from the rink, and on the weekends you're pretty much booked out from, you know, if you play Saturday, Sunday, from Friday night all the way through till till Monday afternoon, and uh, then to be working the rest of the week. You know, I'm not complaining at all. I was very fortunate to be able to start the business and have it, you know, running successfully, and then be able to step away from the game and not have to think about starting it then. Uh, and then that's what's made it fortunate for me now to be able to, you know, have my weekends free and to be able to golf and, and, and focus on other things like my family. But to back to your other question, um, no, I mean, talking is a game that's given me so much. I'm very thankful and I don't mean to come off like a, you know, stepped away with, with, uh, you know, any regrets or anything like that. But, um, no, I think after playing for over 30 years, I think your body, you know, I do still feel like even the testimony I hadn't skated in 10 months and I still got out there and I still didn't feel, I was like, oh, it's not that bad and then try to stick handle. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you must be sometimes with the boys and things like that, but, um, but, but it's minor pro hockey, you know, league, it is a grind and it's tiring and it's tiring on your body and mentally. And, uh, I think as long as the elite league is, uh, 56, 54 game regular season championship, I think it's, going to be just as tiring for everybody and it is a grind and it's probably I would say is as much a grind or bigger grind than any league in Europe. I mean there's no other league in Europe where the, the, the regular season title is the championship um, and it, it makes every game like do or die and um, it does make for a long year and especially when things aren't going well and I was very fortunate to be part of um, an amazing team last year and some amazing experiences uh, to win like we did last year, my last year. You, you talk about that the fifty-four game season sheds, and and 
how, like you say, it's pretty unique in the world of hockey, the fact that the regular season is our number one championship. Do you see that as a positive or a negative? Because there's always chat about, you know, not being able to, to develop players or blood players in games that mean less that you might see in other leagues because every game, two points in, in October is the same as two points in, in March. So it, it, is the fact that the regular season is our number one championship a positive or a negative in your eyes? Um, I think there's positive and negative of both. I think um, from a fan basis, I think there's positive and negative as well. I think it means every game is important. So uh, Wednesday night and uh, Wednesday night and Fife in November, you know, a lower end team versus the Giants is still just an important game, um, and the same as if it's a home game. So you're still getting the same intensity over the course of the season where it might just be a mail it in type game if, if the Giants are, you know, just playing to get in the top four type thing and Fife is just playing to barely get in the playoffs. Um, but then also from a negative side point, it does put a lot of pressure because then obviously if the Giants lose that game and as you know, with the social media aspect, the negative part of it comes out because then obviously everybody sort of can overreact to the results a little bit. And that does put a lot of undue pressure on everything. Um, and then from the player standpoint, as I said, it, it makes for a long season. It makes for um, quite a big grind mentally and physically when every single game, I'm not saying if it was a playoff setup or playoffs, the big things that players wouldn't be trying, but um, more more of a mental grind, uh, you know, over the full course of the eight, nine months. And then for the, as you say, for the development standpoint, it's not great because, uh, as you say, if we lose that game against, you know, one of the lower end teams, you know, you just can't play your play your development players and try and give young British players a chance, and um, which is a shame. But you, you, know, you see on some of the quote unquote lower end teams this year, um, some of the younger British guys getting an opportunity, which is good. Shad, yeah, it's just moving into the last month of the season, uh, the regular season. Uh, have you been looking around the league? Are you? I mean, again, you know, you're not spending all your time on the UK hockey scene, and you're probably not checking the websites and checking the the stats and what have you um, all the time. But have you looked around the league and if you have, who do you think's in pole position to take that title in four weeks' time? Well, of course I still check. I mean, as I say, steps away from the game, I don't go to all the games and um, probably focus on golf and <laughs> golf my business and family. But yeah, you still, of course, check all the results in the weekend and watch the highlights when you can. But yeah, I mean, it's so tight. I mean, between, what is it, fifth and first, there's not much in it, and it's almost still anybody's game, but, you know, you've, I don't know when this comes out, but you probably want to say it's between probably Sheffield and Cardiff now, and it looked like before Sheffield went on that little run where they dropped, what, four in a row, and then they dropped another one. So, I mean, they were sort of in control, and then now, obviously, Cardiff is a suit in hand. I think this game on Friday uh, between those two is a big one, I think, uh if Sheffield takes that down, then I think even with the games in hand, they're, they're still maybe just down by one if Cardiff wins the game in hand. I'm not exactly sure on the numbers, but but I think if Cardiff wins that, then I think Sheffield's really on the back foot because they're, they're going to run out of games a little bit and gives Cardiff a little bit more space to breathe. But anything can happen. It's probably going right down to the last game or last weekend for sure, like it did last year. And I mean, know what happens then. And then, after, and, and then after that, we're into, you mentioned, you know, into the playoffs. And it's significant because it's now 10 years since uh, we last won a playoff title and uh, a young number 19 with a little bit more <laughs> hair 
picks up that <laughs> trophy, <laughs> picks up, says me, like it's picks up that trophy, and uh, with uh, with Jim Gillespie stood on the red carpet behind you, and then skates off into the far corner to celebrate with the <laughs> Belfast Giants fan. Now, from my own perspective, it, to me, it feels like it was only just yesterday. But from your perspective, as the last person, last Belfast Giant to lift that trophy, um. What do you think of the playoff setup, and what is what is playing in a game like that like? Yeah, I mean it's got lots of positive and negatives. Of course, it, it is good for fans, and it's good for the league to get everyone together and and to have a big celebration. It's a big party atmosphere, and um, to win the playoffs, we're really very fortunate. To, well, I was very fortunate to win it at all, but we only won it once uh in my time here but um you know very fond memories of everyone on that team we got a picture up in the gym actually of that team and you still look at it and as you say it still feels like it was yesterday even though it was 10 years ago and um i, I just think i think it is good and as much as you complain about the regular season i don't know what it would be like to not have that playoff final weekend you know and and um to get all the teams there and all the fans that's so into it and i don't think there's a uh, an atmosphere like it anywhere else in, in Europe or North America. I mean, it's almost like a, kind of like, kind of like a college, you know, uh, friendship. For, sorry, frozen four atmosphere, but um, with pro teams. I mean, it's uh, it is special, and to win uh, in front of not only Giants fans but other fans there, it is a special weekend. And hopefully, a uh, ten year anniversary could could be a nice little moment for the Giants this year. How difficult is it, really? Because you know, obviously, it's the it it's what's four games to get mm. there and and the pressure on that, those four games but it, is it intense is it difficult um i think in the is it, well you got to be pretty lucky over the four games to do it i think last year we got you know we had such a strong team especially against coventry and you get up early in that first game three or four i think it was four or five nothing that first game uh and then and to play the aggregate the aggregate game's not a great I mean, if, if you're going to do that, I'd like to see them maybe change that to like a three-game series type thing, where that you know the, it's one game home, one away, and then if it goes to the third game, the the uh, team with the home ice advantage gets the third game. But um, the aggregate score is is kind of not great, I don't think, because as you say, if you went five nothing this in the first game, how's that second game looking? Yeah. Um, but teams have came back from stuff like that, and then once you get to Nottingham, you just need to. Um, the games are always so close. The scores you never really see. You know, last year two one and then two one again. You never really see a team getting blown out too often, um, and you, you got to get lucky. You got to have, you know, your special team's got to be hot. You got to get the calls at the right times, I guess. And um, you know, you just got to get the bounces too. And you know, we went, we won both those games in 2010, and both in shootouts. Um, you know, Murph was amazing in both, and then made that big massive save in the final, like so close to, you know, Cardiff scoring there, and then maybe we're not having this conversation. Yeah. It is just. It's so close, and um, you know you're gonna have, have great teams when it comes down to the wire, anyway. So, I have one last question for you from my side, um, and it's obviously again. I know you're very busy on the golf course now, and obviously with um, TPF, <laughs> it's a busy However, time in the course. It is absolutely. I mean, I seen him. I was I was lashing last Saturday morning at about quarter to ten in Belfast. I'm on my way to the arena to get some OSC stuff sorted out. And he's on his way to look, of course, like a complete nutter tool. Um, <laughs> just, there's something seriously wrong with your head getting on like that yeah, and, on a rainy day. John would be so mad. John Small would be so mad if I didn't go because of the weather. It's all his fault. No, I know. And he's walking in there with a complete wetsuit on. And I'm not talking about a <laughs> golf wetsuit. You know, he's walking on like one of them golf suits you get as a deep sea diver. 
Um, <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you was, did you has it ever crossed your mind about potentially becoming an official slash referee? Um, a hundred percent. No, I don't know how. Oh man, I've we've talked about this before. Have we talked about this before. I don't know how anyone would want to be a referee. I mean, half of the team is going to hate. One of the two teams is going to hate your guts at the end of the game. I just don't know when they win. Like, well, did the, never the losing team uh, ever says, you know, oh, the ref is great tonight. Like, it's always somebody's always going to hate you. And I just don't know. I mean, I know we complain about the refs a lot and stuff, but man, they they demand abuse the referees take not over only in this league, but um, it is a lot, and I. I don't know. I, that would definitely not be for me. And I think that you do see a good job. Actually, the NHL is getting a lot of um, ex-players and stuff, especially American League players, East Coast League players that are turning into referees now. And I think at that level, it's a little different. Um, obviously, well, they're full-time paid as well. But um, but yeah, that never definitely never crossed my mind. But I think it's good for maybe younger players or something that it's not going to work out for them as professionals to maybe try and get into it. This is where I want to lead on to. What's your Sorry. thoughts? What's your thoughts on the AHL officials? No, uh, it's just it is tough. I say it is a very tough job. They're obviously part time. They're not professionals. Um, you do realize that you're not going to get fined anymore. <laughs> oh, it's used on the carbon then. As I was saying, no. I mean, I'm not saying they're not trying. Right, but it, it it does seem like the inconsistency is isn't great, and I do think that the league has to do a better job of finding ways to uh, monitor it better. And I'm not sh- even sure who's in charge of watching the referees or judging their performances, but um, perhaps like watching tapes or, or sending clips and things like that. And um, I, you know, you, <laughs> I don't know. It's should it they be semi-professional? Could they be? <laughs> yeah, and then. The funding, I mean, I guess it's hard to say. Like, I don't know what the referees' other jobs are, but you know, you're saying, okay, well, you're only going to be able to work a couple of days a week now, and then we're going to cover your salary for the rest. I don't know how that would work and things like that. But I do think if the league is getting to a standard, then I think that they have to. The referees also has to catch up to. It. I don't think you can still have just completely almost amateur referees traveling around weekend to weekend to referee these games when. Um, you know, there's the teams are getting bigger budgets and bigger travel and uh, bigger sponsors and playing in Champions League. I think you have to try and get it to catch up. And um, you know, I do. I know the referees do get a hard time, and I do. I, honestly, I do think that it can be improved. And I think it's more of a league thing than individual. I think the referees are they're not trying to not do a good job. I just think they need more guidance, and they think they need more not funding. Everybody needs more funding, but more opportunity and exposure to sort of improve their game as well and I think maybe it's just been if you look at the standard of it over the last 10-15 years it's kind of been the same Time for February's Player of the Month Award brought to you by Phonacab. We put out for your nominations on who you thought was the best Belfast Giants player of the last four weeks or so. And from your nominations, we've drawn up this short list. Number seven, Mark Garside. Number 15, Elegant Pierce. Number 64, David Goodwin. And number 89, Kieran Long. 
Voting is now open on Twitter at AVFTB or twitter.com forward slash AVFTB. And it will be open until Friday afternoon. We hope to give the trophy out to the winner on Fife's game on Friday night. And a big thank you to Phonacab as always for sponsoring the award. So before we let you go, Mr Shields, um, it is the February Player of the Month and the voting has opened. The four nominees are David Goodwin. You want me to pick it? Is that what you're saying? Am I picking it? Well, I'm going to see who you pick. <laughs> so Elgin, Elgin Pierce, David Goodwin, Kieran Long and Mark Garside. Of those four, who would get your vote? Um, well, Long has been playing better. I thought I watched the side. He's been moving his feet a little bit better and get more opportunities and um, obviously got off to a tough start this year and couldn't really find a rhythm, but He's a good player, and uh, hopefully he'll be back next year and get another opportunity. I think he wants to get off to a better start. He'll be good. Um, Pierce has been good since he came in. I don't watch enough of every game, so I don't even know like how many points these people had. Um, and then Goodwin's been good, I thought. Good, it's in his name. Um, good score. He, did he score on Friday? Two? One? On Friday. Got the first one. You got the first one, yeah. Yeah, I knew he scored. And the, um, someone was sending around some Diet Cokes to my... So I can't remember all the goals. Um, <laughs> the, what was it? No stat coach? What's Gary's had enough? Is Gary one player of the month ever? Gary? Yeah, even his testimonial month. Was his testimonial last month? I don't think, for February? I think that's a good point. I don't think he has won the player of the month. Oh, well, that, that's controversial there, but <laughs> everyone's moved on from his 10 years past. He's done. He's just his name. He's not going to win it now. <laughs> uh, but he's good on defense, isn't he? He's been playing some forward this year, too. Mm. Um, he's been such a good addition, doesn't he? He just plays all over, and uh, you know, he's just got to get his teeth fixed now too. <laughs> <laughs> you can point him in the right direction, can you? If he was on here, he would show up with shit with me. So I just, you know, I had to <laughs> no, I know he's he's a great guy. I've known him for, for I don't know how long. He used to play with my brother actually back in his second home when he was in East Kilbride, even though he was born in Fife and tried to deny it. <laughs> uh, Scottish politics. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> says who would be your choice of those four? Mark Garside. That's it? Uh, Mark Garside. Uh, I I think... what, what Shed said has solidified it. It's his testimony on month. He's got to win it. David? There's absolutely no doubt. I'm just going to flick a wee spreadsheet up here while uh, I'm filling for time there, but I think... Mark Garside, with his points at the weekend, moved into the top 10 all time in Belfast Giants points scored. And he's doing, he's had a couple of big bombs. You know, everybody knows how heavy that shot is, is that he's got from the blue line. And a couple of somehow managed to have enough on them to get past the goalies in the past month. So a couple of big bombs from the blue line. His testimonial month just has to be Gary's this month. So, uh, I, that, last, that last weekend, I saw him take a slap shot from the point and the goalie had dropped his glove by mistake and he caught it barehanded. <laughs> how many he's, he's moved into the top 10 Davey how many does he need to get the top I, to think, the I top, think he is top he, 10 he needs the, he's top 10 but you're asked how many more points does he need to get to the top yes top he needs to play another 3,000 games <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to stroke my ego Davey or whoever that was no no I'm, I'm aware he's he needs another 440 points. That's the gap. <laughs> and he's a D-man now, don't forget. See when you, see when you think about it, I'll, I'll not stroke your ego, but when you look at second place, he's got 360 points, and top has got 640. It's going to take somebody quite the career to, to catch you, so uh, fair play to you. Like. Yeah. Well, if somebody ever gets you, I'll be the 
first one to shake their hand and be there. It won't be you, Davies. What are you talking about? It'll certainly not be me, no. And on that note, mate, it's been a delight to have you back on. I hope you keep them well and good luck with TPF and with the golf. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good to chat to you. Big thanks. To Colin Shields, right, let's get down to training. Scissors popped down and had a chat with uh, with Adam Keith. but first let's hear from Mark Garside. Mark Garside, after training Tuesday morning. Uh, Gary, uh, three-point weekend. Um, obviously, it's not ideal, but bouncing back from the being 4 went down uh, on the Saturday evening, you must have been pleased with the fight back. Yeah, I mean, we definitely showed uh, good character coming back there. I think um, everybody was a little bit disappointed with the way we came out in the first two periods, but, you know, in the in the room during the break there we were guys were getting up for him we were uh, you know as a collective we sort of decided to turn it around and, and give it a real go and it ended up coming up with three goals for us so it was a job well done at the end it's been a uh, you've been in this position before um, points behind the leaders going into uh, you know the last seven, eight, nine games um, there's still a lot of hockey you can play isn't there? Yeah, I mean, the, um, the top five teams are all within touching distance of each other, So, and then the teams are losing to sort of Fife, Dundee, Glasgow as well, so we have to just try and keep going and, and see what comes out at the end. Obviously, we have a big game against Fife on Friday, and then a big weekend after that. We just have to take every game as it comes and try and, uh, try and put the maximum amount of points we can. It's been a big year for you, uh, 10 years of giant testimonial game, obviously your testimonial events leading up to it, and talking about number 10, um, with your two assists on some Saturday night, sorry, you moved into 10th place overall on the points structure as a Belfast Giant. Does that mean I have to play another 10 more years and I should be up to the first? Well, if I, <laughs> I think you probably got another 10 years in you, to be honest. <laughs> no, I mean, I had no idea that was... That was right. Uh, I don't really look at it anymore. Obviously, when you're playing D and stuff, it's it's more about the job that you're doing. And even when I spin forward now, it's you know third or fourth line. You, you, your job is more uh, about possession and, and finishing hits and being an energy player. So, I, well, that's a bit of a surprise. But it's a nice surprise. Took over Chris Higgins and now he's sitting right alongside Robbie Sandrock. <laughs> so I say, took over Chris Higgins. Uh, yeah, I'm just as skilled as him. First so. time ever, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Adam, uh, a weekend again, three points. But um, I know you're disappointed with the uh, the result and part of the effort on on Saturday night. But Guildford, we, we talked about it numerous times this year. They're a solid team. Um, we've had a lot of success against them this year, and uh, they just came out to play on Saturday night. Yeah, certainly. We gave them too many chances on the power play, uh, firstly, and then um, fed their transition game, which is not the right thing to do against a, a fast skilled Guilford team um, you know for the first 40 minutes I didn't really like our game um, but it was a great response from the team in the third period and a great comeback and that's that's two comebacks like that in the last few weeks in the third period although we don't want to put ourselves in those positions to have to come back it is nice to, to have that confidence that uh, we know should we get down in a game that we have the ability to come back and and claw games back and um, you know so that is something that we can build on going into Friday. Talk about getting into Friday. Seven league games remaining. Um, going into Friday, five flowers are battling for their lives, trying to um, obviously get off that bottom spot, but um, trying and pick up that last uh, playoff spot as well. Yeah, I think they're a team that struggled there for a while, but it seems like they've actually found some form. Um, Maybe not their last result there against Sheffield, but 
of late they've been picking up some big wins and um you know we know from playing against uh, Fife over the years they're a team that uh, again if you don't uh, if you don't play the right way and you and you feed their transition game um, they're an opportunistic team that can score. They have some guys who can really put the puck in the net, and so you have to be dialed in. You got to be ready, and um, it'll be no different. Uh, they're playing to, to try to make the playoffs, and, and we're playing to advance in the standings. And uh, it's going to be a tight game. Every one of them from here on out is going to be tight. So you have to be switched on mentally for for the duration of the game. You've been in this position before regarding being behind uh, the leader on points, uh, getting into the last handful of games um, it's still certainly still not over but you've got to push on and, and just try and pick up one game at a time yeah if you look at the weekends that go by here any team can beat any team on any night and it's something we need to realize as a group there's an opportunity there for us to to claw back into this title race and um, leave it all out there so that their last couple games of the season really matter. And that's what we're playing for right now. That and, and finding some form here going into the playoffs. Um, as we all know, the quarterfinals of the playoffs is a two-game aggregate, so it's a 120-minute game. It means that we need to be able to play two games in a row. We need to be consistent for two games in a row, and um, that's what we're looking to find right now. Uh, if we do that... Uh, starting Friday and then we continue to build on that going into the weekend uh, you'll never know where you end up at the end of the season uh, Injury front um, three injuries uh, obviously uh, you left out um, Goodwin on, on Saturday night uh, Paul Swindler's pick up a knock and uh, you're not 100% yourself <laughs> Yeah um, that's that's from lack of working out but uh, yeah, Goody looks like he'll be okay for this weekend. Uh, he's skated a full practice today, which is good news for us. Uh, Swindlehurst, we're still waiting on uh, some word back from the doctor, and obviously uh, he wasn't able to skate today, so we'll see how he progresses throughout this week. Davey, do you want to come back on the stats regards to, to Gary? Yes, with just sort of as we alluded to when we were chatting with Shades there, he's moved up above Rob Sandrock into ninth all-time in the Belfast Giants for points scored. He's up to, what, 545 games. So, you know, there's not many many games left for him to catch Graham Walton in, in second place. And then, I suppose, shoot for shoot for Sheds right at the top of the Stalins there. But fantastic serve into the club that he's came up. 205 points now for the Belfast Giants. 55 goals, 150 assists for the uh, 205 points. And, and hopefully many, many more to come. You know, he's, he's got a lot of points from the blue line this season. He's... He's jumped up front when he's needed to. You know, you can still throw him in the face-off circle. Still a bit rusty in there. Not the face-off man he once was when he centred uh, Keith and Lloyd. But you know, he's been a fabulous servant and and just coming just after his uh, his testimonial month there. It's uh, I hope to see Gary on the on the ice for for many years to come. But the, that's some great numbers, I suppose. The next one on the list is Todd Kelman and then and then uh, Jeff Mason. So uh, two guys with a lot of provenance there. They're the top two. Uh, D-man and uh, you know for him to be the top scoring D-man in the club as well would be uh, quite a feather in his cap should he ever uh, manage to overtake them guys here, here. Uh, right let's have a quick look around the league very quick look around the league because we're going to move on is uh, Challenge Cup weekend between the Sheffield Steelers and the Cardiff Devils and, and I think I know what the answer is going to be here but I'm going to ask the question anyway David who do you think is going to win you're going to say I don't care go on between who and who? Sheffield and Cardiff. When are they playing? Sunday. Friday. Right. 
Well, they're playing Friday in, in the league and then Sunday in the Cup. Challenge Cup. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I expected. Simon, any difference from you? Yeah. I think Sheffield are going to win it. Oh, in Cardiff? Yep. Do you think they'll take the points on Friday? Because obviously that will be the precursor to that in the same venue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about it. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> but the, I've just got a funny feeling Sheffield are going to win it. Uh, well, we've see. we'll see that game is live on Free Sports, I believe, on Sunday. Join Aaron Murphy for that. Um, regards to the league... Uh, the Chevy Steelers do still sit top. They didn't have a. They had a mediocre weekend. Cardiff Devils, however, took an absolute thumping uh, at the hands of the Nottingham Panthers, seven three, in uh, in Nottingham. Um, Coventry Blaze doing well. They hammered Glasgow, who seemed to be drop, continued to drop like a stone. While uh, Dundee beat the Manchester Storm on Saturday. Um, thoughts on the clan, Davy? Um, they had a bit of a they had a bit of mini of a mini revival period over the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know it's difficult to see how they'll not have to make changes again there in the summer. And you know Simon will tell you he's he's had to interact with uh, you know Zach Fitzgerald a good few times over in the in the Odyssey this season and a great guy, great guy. But unfortunately, the coaching thing just isn't working out there at the minute. If it's personnel, if it's coaching, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I don't think the Glasgow clan ownership will will be able to be patient. Um, I don't see him getting a, a second season there, unfortunately for him. And you know, it's 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 that it's that thing about hockey. You know, it's a results driven business, and you know, the the Glasgow clan are desperate for success up there, right? It's that that from the, the you know we had the conference system. We always said you know that was purpose built for the clan to win leagues how they didn't, how they managed to throw away some leagues, and even to an extent this one, where, where they were, I know it was very early in the season, but say, you know, late October, early November, there were certainly, it was like, who can catch the clans? you remember those famous tweets mm-hmm. from years ago, who, who can stop the Panthers or whatever it was, or the Steelers, can't remember. But, um, you know, they've just gone into free fall, I think it's, what is it, two or three wins in 30-something games, so, you know, they're, they're going to do well to, to sneak that last playoff spot. They'd have to get into some sort of form to, to do that. But, you know, it's, it's a, an ugly time to be a Glasgow fan. They did have we're, a... Revi- we're, we're complaining about inconsistency and, and sort of fourth place and still with a, an outside shot at the league. But, you know, you, you, quite long-suffering if you're a Glasgow fan. They, as you said, they did have a bit of a revival on Sunday, beating the Storm in Altrincham 2 nothing. Um Cardiff recovered from their loss in Nottingham to beat Dundee Stars on Sunday at home 6-2. But Nottingham went the other way and had a, a shootout loss to the Coventry Blaze at home 4-3. Says the Blaze are doing really well, considering. Yeah, uh, the, Bla- the Blaze, are, they're the best team over the last, I think it's the last 20 games. They're the best. Um, they're playing really well. That guy, CJ Modden, and uh, early December from memory um, and Danny Stewart has got them playing really really well and you can see it you know that they're only a point behind us they've got a game in hand that means they win that we go fifth um, and if it stays the way fourth and fifth stays away the rest of the season we play them in the in the in the playoffs and that to be honest with you that's probably the team I do not want to face in the playoffs mm. um, you know they're they're on fire at the minute they're playing really really well they've beat everybody 
Um, and I mean, the last time they were in Belfast, we played them with the double header. We won the Friday, they won the Saturday. So it's that's a recurring uh, <laughs> aspect that's that's really crippled us this year. But uh, no, the, the players are certainly on a on a, a hot trail for sure. Let's have a look at the uh, at the league table. Sheffield Steelers are still top, uh, forty eight games played, sixty three points. The Cardiff Devils have three games in hand and sit only one point behind them on sixty two points. Nottingham sit on level points with the Giants with uh, one fewer game played, fifty eight points from forty six for them and fifty eight points from forty seven for the Giants. Um, Coventry Blaze fifty seven points from forty six games. Guildford, 53 points from 47 games. Manchester in 7th, 41 points from 48. Glasgow just holding on there in the playoff spot, 39 points from 47. But crucially, Dundee have a game in hand and only sit one point behind them, 38 points from 46 games. And the Fife are still just about in with contention, 34 points from 48 games. The Belfast Giants only have one game this weekend. It's the Challenge Cup final weekend. So only one game this weekend on Friday night at 7pm against the Fife Flyers. A bit like last week, we decided to put it out there to see who would be uh, happy enough to come on and give their opinion on the preview for this game. And uh, Shauna Milligan got in touch and here, well, here she is. Hello, my name is Shauna. And I've been a Giants fan since around 2017, but mainly since the start of this season. I think the Giants will play well if they put their mind to it, because if they don't, Fife could potentially win, as they've beaten us before. And they've also beaten Sheffield once before, and almost beat Cardiff at one point. So it all depends if the Giants can keep their mind on the game. We need to watch out for Fife's top players like Goffier, Allen and Crowder because they are the players that will be wanting to score goals and will try anything to make their team win. I think our key players to watch out for on Friday's game are definitely Goodwin, Pierce, Farnham, Rain, Morgan and Smotherman because they're always playing their best and are always trying to put the puck into the net and score to possibly win the game. Otherwise, they are also defending and trying to keep the puck from going into our net. These players are definitely worth watching and keeping an eye on. Big thanks to Shauna for that. Uh, Yep, game is at 7pm against the Five Flyers on Friday. Get yourself down there, get tickets, get involved in one of the final few games at home of this season for the Belfast Giants. And if, if you can't make that trip, you can, of course, join Mr. Kitchen on Belfast Giants TV. Um, any other business, boys? I'll start. Big shout out to everybody in regards to the Bleed Teal 100. Uh, in this last week, we've had 11 donations. So we're really driving forward. I think we're up to 61 donations now. We're driving forward towards that 100 with only a few weeks left. There will be more news on that uh, maybe next week as to how we're going to continue. But please, please, please. Keep getting uh, going down there. Please donate in your pint of blood. £10, courtesy of the very kind people of Phonocab, goes to the Northern Ireland Blood Transfusion Service. And we will provide you with the tipple of your choice at the final game of the season against the Five Flyers on the 21st of March. Um, any other business, boys? Yeah, I've got one. Go for um, it. 
Just wanted to reiterate our congratulations to Michael and Karen. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Friday, sorry, Saturday night, uh, Karen uh, asked Michael to be her husband on the leap year. Um, when was it? 29th of February. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he couldn't really say no, like, could he? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he looked, no. he looked thrilled, didn't he? he looked <laughs> thrilled. Well, I mean, it was in front of 5,000, 5,500 people, mate. And, and uh, I think he was more annoyed he was in the middle of doing his work um, when uh, Karen came out of the, um, the tunnel and, and onto the ice. And, um, and he, to be honest, he didn't know what was happening. Uh, you know, Laura Small and, and Karen had a few wee plans put in place over the last couple of weeks. And, they came to me um, 10 days ago about it, so Michael gave me a f***ing for knowing about it and not telling him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, there was only a, a very few select people that knew about it. Um, and uh, congratulations to him. They're two absolute legends. Um, and uh, they, 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 the amount of time, obviously, Karen working for Cookery and, and, and all the time and ever she puts into that. And obviously, Michael, for everything he does and as a volunteer at the SSA Arena. And, and uh, I just want to wish him congratulations. It's... Um, Looking forward to the big day, and uh, I'm sure I'll be a bit of crack as well. Absolutely. Congratulations to them. Brilliant. Davey? I've got two or three things, mate. Go for um, it. Some, some fun, not so much fun. First of all, I think on behalf of all of us, a big happy birthday to Roscoe. Absolutely. Uh, to, Ross, to Ross Manley. Faithful listener, good friend of us all there. You know, we see him around the arena. He's always got a smile on his face. Always very positive on Twitter, reaching out and saying hello to everybody. So, uh, big happy birthday to the Roscoe from us four, I guess. Um, Have you had it on there somewhere? Um, what was next? Yeah, on a bit of a more serious note, I've seen a few different people sort of putting their struggles bare out on Twitter, which is it's great. It's it's great that we're in 2020 and people now know that feel comfortable enough to say, look, I'm having I'm having a few problems here with my mental health or whatever. I've changed my medication. I'm struggling. Whatever. We're all here for each other first of all on the podcast for us four because we have all got our demons believe you me and uh we talk to each other probably more than we talk to any other humans so it's good to have that network but you know i've seen the likes of sammy dalton out there this week you know struggling with his mates and all keep at it mate we're here if you just want to talk you know the, the the lines of communication are always open it's good for guys to talk to each other because sometimes you bottle stuff up then that's when it becomes a major problem um so keep taking the medicine as, uh, or keep taking the tablets, as my granny says. And the last one was the AJ McMinn, the wee girl that uh, goes to Belfast Giants games. You'll probably know her more from Twitter. But she's uh, managed to score a PE job for a whole year come September. And uh, she's very excited about becoming Miss McMinn. So congratulations to her on, on, on getting the job that she's wanted. I've seen her watch her on Twitter for a year about being so nervous about going for job interviews and stuff. She's gone for one. She's smashed it. So congratulations to her. So uh, some good news stories about the Giants this week. Here, here, and Simon, you had Chris Lovell up in the in the box over the weekend. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, just as Davy says, you know, people are starting to talk about it on Twitter and and uh, Facebook and social media. Um, and you know, again, I think I, I, I my political correctness sometimes goes out the window, and I don't really um, say the right thing at the right time. But we're reiterate. Sorry, what Davy's saying. You know, if if you just need to chat to somebody, if you just you know, and you know. If you need to reach out and and uh, you're having bad thoughts or anything, just talk to somebody. Doesn't have to be us. Just could be somebody you don't know. I mean, I, I've been doing a bit of taxiing recently, um, and to be honest, it's sort of 
there's some people getting in the car, and that again, I, I only do it, you know, every every so often. That there's, there's obviously we at Phonocab, we've a bucket load of. I don't know, did you guys do? I work at Phonocab, no, no, um, no, no, no. but you know, there's 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 people that get in cars um, from all walks of life, from all age groups, and sometimes the taxi driver might be the only person that they actually speak to that day. So you know, there's there's been incidents where bad things have happened because. You know, people have just got into a bad place, and um, and they they haven't had the chance to speak to anybody about it. They just don't feel that anybody wants to listen. And and yeah, taxi drivers can be a pain in the arse, but believe it or not, they're all good listeners. And if even if you're just having a conversation, and, and I I don't want to mention the name of the driver, but there was an incident a few weeks ago where this girl got in the car, said that she was having some really bad thoughts and needed help. And that her parents weren't listening to her. And the driver told her, he said, look, you need to go. You need to go and speak to somebody. Um, you need to go and, and uh, go to the hospital. And she was going to go somewhere else. And she says, well, will you drop me off at the hospital? And he dropped her off at the Royal Hospital. And even just to sit and listen to that as a, as a, as a parent, um, which he is, and, you know, a young girl, Early, he said she was definitely in her early twenties, um, or she looked in her early twenties anyway, um, and she just looked in a really bad spot. And he took her to took her to the Royal Hospital, took her in the A and E himself, um, and made sure she checked in where she seen a triage nurse. Um, and then he had the guy to go back to the house where he picked her up, and he told the parents that she was in hospital, to which. They were very worried about her, and they went to the hospital because they, the the girl had said to him that she wasn't, she didn't feel confident enough to speak to her own parents about this. She hadn't mentioned their own parents. She hadn't said anything. They didn't know anything about it. So the parents went straight to the royal. Um, hopefully, hopefully, they're now in a position that that they've realised that she is having a bad time. Um and uh, and she's on the mend, or, or hopefully, you know, she's seeing the right people to do who, who can certainly put her on the right track, if you want to put it that way. But again, just reach out and talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be, as I say, it doesn't have to be us three. It doesn't have to be, you know, Big Joel and what have you as well. Just reach out and talk to somebody if you if you're in a bad place because it's uh, you know, everyone's equal. Yeah, I think it's it's very. Very poignant, um, as Davy says. You know, especially I'm I'm in no position to talk because you know going going through a lot of things myself, gone through a lot of things myself, and going through a lot of things myself. And it's times can be very difficult, but it's always good to to be able to reach out, reach out and talk to somebody about it because you know it's if you bottle the things up, believe me, it it, it doesn't do any good. Um, on that note, <laughs> we're trying on a positive note regards to AJ McMahon. Congratulations <laughs> to her. And the happy birthday to Roscoe. Um, Maybe we should flip it round the other way and finish on the happy note. <laughs> the, uh, what, we're saying, what we're saying, happy birthday to Ross. Oh, mate, how many times has <laughs> this uh, we gone wrong? We were that the last time. Come on, you're bound to be Maybe able you to do it. You're, you've got the best voice of the three of us. There's no doubt about that, Simon, but, you know, don't like to boast. Get Gary. No, we'll, get Gary to sing it. There's bound to be somebody else's birthday this week as well. I'm certain there was somebody else's from the Giants that had a birthday. I can't remember. 
Adam, Adam sent Ross a, a wee video message saying happy Very. birthday as well. Ah, good so stuff. He's over the moon at that. Good stuff. Right, I'm just going Who do we play this week? Five flowers. Five for Ben. I we're going to win that. Big yes. win. Get on the get on the overs this weekend, boys. Get on the, get on the overs. overs. One game. As, as Davy says, one game. One game this weekend. Five. Friday night, 7pm at the SSE Arena. Get yourself down there or get in front of a TV and join Mr. Kitchen. And who'll be joining you this week, mate? Do you know? Uh, if either you two want to come over, come on ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'd, very, I'd love- very nearly there. So I'll tell you about it. It just um, hasn't worked out. <laughs> no, this weekend, um, I, I, all the boys seem to be ready to rock. I enjoyed um, hearing Johnny on it, I have to say. I thought he was good. always good to hear him. Johnny, Johnny's always good, mate. He, you know, he, I know he's got other things to do um, around the arena with his with his role as a, uh, on the chance, so he doesn't necessarily get the chance all the time. But I, I, was, I had somebody else lined up that couldn't do it at the time, um, and uh, I rang Johnny, and he said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll love to do it, I'd love to do it. So, um, and he's just so knowledgeable. Like, you know, he, yeah. he's, mate, he's absolutely, that's the one thing about Johnny. He, he can go in this... He can color commentate, but he can go into so much detail too. Even one on one, he'll take you away and he'll draw a dag for you. He just he just loves talking about hockey. Good yeah. And he, I seen I seen when you had the camera on him, like breaks and stuff. He threw in a couple of head fakes to you as well, which is always uh, <laughs> you know, sig- sign- signature move of his. I'll send you a, with Neil's got the um, the clips. So I didn't realize he recorded all night of the testimonial. I didn't realize that, oh, but all right, so. Okay. It's all on the hard drive, so I had to look through bits and pieces of it the other day to pick out my highlights. Sorry to pick out bits and pieces that happened. Um, <laughs> well, see, but, I, want to, um, I want to see that Matt Toe dangle, man. Uh, that's, uh, do you know what? It, it, uh, it's a bit of magnet magic, man. Actually, do you know what? Big Pelly came over to me on Sunday morning. Um, he said to me, he said, did you see what it, he said? I did the kitchen last night. <laughs> and I said, it's okay, mate. Like, just relax. Calm down. We're only at the airport. He says, you can tell me about it later on. But uh, no, it was... Uh, it, well, I'll get those clips. We Neil's going to clip them out for me. I'll send them over to you so you can put them out in AVF TV and let everybody see it. Fantastic. <laughs> right. On that note, big thanks to Colin Shields. Um, big thanks to Shauna for her preview. Uh, thanks to Adam Keefe and the Mark Garside for time down and training. Thanks for popping down and getting those says. Um, remember, the Player of the Month poll is now open. David Goodwin, Elgin Pierce, Kieran Long, or Mark Garside. That will be open until Friday afternoon on Twitter at AVFTB or twitter.com forward slash AVFTB. You can also get us kingdomofthegiants.com and email us podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com. Uh, thank you, Mr. McGimsey, and thank you, Mr. Kitchen. Thank you, Mr. Smith. And wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. And we'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Sports Social Podcast Network.